Hi everyone, welcome to Girl Code. Hello everybody, welcome back. To the still. To the still. We have such an exciting episode for you this week. We have Gemma. Some of you may know her from the Psychology of Your 20s podcast, which has just been absolutely dominating the charts if I dominating. do so myself. She's killing it. She is. She's smart. She's cool. She's so smart. She's so nice. So nice. Funny. Funny. Honestly, she's catch. Insightful. Yeah, if anyone's listening. I don't if, know if she sings. Oh, oh she, we don't want to spoil it. Oh, we don't want to spoil it. You guys will find out soon, but it was a great episode. We loved interviewing her. I feel like it was very validating yeah. and perfect for, I think, our audience. You know, it's talking about navigating your 20s, which, mm-hmm. you know, is kind of our whole thing. Mm-hmm. Dating, being single, being in a relationship. Not comparing your life path to your friends or others around you. Like, I feel like we both took so much away from this mm-hmm. episode and I feel like y'all will too. Yeah. So let's get into it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to the stew. It's great to have you in here. Thanks. We don't have guests too often, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> no, I really couldn't. It's been chaos this morning. <laughs> We've been trying to like set up all these mics and like it's actually really hard. I know. And you're moving. Logistically trying to get all these yeah. different things, but our wires are literally crossed. Yes. So, well, we just want to jump straight into it. Obviously, yeah. we've told them about you. We want to know we're in our 20s. You're in your 20s. Most of our listeners are in their twenties. Who would have thought? <laughs> Not me. No. <laughs> and one of the biggest things, the common theme in a lot of our submissions, is people struggling with being at different stages of life. Obviously, we're twenty-five, mm-hmm. so it's like one friend. I feel like it's hit us quite recently, actually. <laughs> this is like turning twenty-five, asking for our own cure. No, I'm like help us. <laughs> it's like yeah. Some friends blackout drunk every night. Yeah. Never even had a boyfriend. Other friends married children mm-hmm. it's people moving overseas people doing this it's chaos right now and I'm sure that's very relatable can you please help us with how to navigate the mental battle of just being everyone all over the place and comparing yourself yeah absolutely I totally yeah. relate to this <laughs> I was saying this to my friend the other day I was like half of my friends are like married yeah if I see one more engagement <laughs> In Europe. In Europe. Oh, my God. All over there right now. They're all in Europe. I'm like, how are you affording this? You are my age. Like, where'd you get that ring from? Michael's? Like, (laughs) what is your... I'm like, Pandora. Like, I'm like, how? But it's not their fault. It's it's jealousy a little bit, I think, from my own. Because I'm like... (laughs) I um, love the self-awareness. That's good, though. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, guys. Yeah, great with MB. Psychology. It's giving therapy speak. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, I think that it's like this thing. I have this, like this 
it's not really my idea, but something that I say all the time, which is like your 20s are your pivot decade. So like it, you think that like your 20s is like this 10-year period and it's the same as like between the ages of 30 and 40 and 40 and 50. But actually it's like this insane transitionary period where everyone is at a completely different stage because of decisions that they're making, their priorities, their values, their what they've been taught as children, all of that starts to kind of show its face in this decade because we also are like at this point where we have autonomy and agency and real like agency over our lives for the first time. So we're trying to figure everything out and people just take all these like super diverging paths. I like really like what you mentioned there about like comparison as well. The thief of joy. The thief of joy, right? The thief of joy. I find myself getting into this all the time, but equally is like this other paralyzing feeling of what if the path I'm taking and the choices I'm making are actually the wrong ones in the sense that like what if in three years time I wish that I had, you know, moved to Paris or I wish that I had gone back and done my master's or that I had stayed at my full-time job or that I had dumped my boyfriend. I'm single right now, so I'm not hurting anyone's feelings. (laughs) Um, We're all good. Uh, But like, um, I think that that's also like this thing where you have this, you have the social comparison of like seeing these other people who are realistically in the same age bracket as you, but very different in different periods of life. But then you also have like the self-comparison of like, oh, um, I'm imagining all these different versions of my future self and I don't really know which one to pick and that just feels like so overwhelming. Have you guys found that? I'm like so true. As you're speaking, it's getting more like worse. I'm like, oh my God, which version do I prefer of myself? I was like, don't think about it too much. Like (laughs) like, spiraling in the chair. I thought that with living, I like always wanted to like live in New York, but then I'm like, I love Sydney or like Paris. Like so many versions of yourself that you want to do, but. So little time. When you think you to make a choice, right? And you stick to it and then you start thinking, have I let myself down? Mm. Is the future yeah. me gonna be happy with this? And I should I, I have done something differently. I definitely do that with my big life decisions. Well, there's a full reason. Like I, I don't know about like I get this question all the time from people, which is, um, like, how do I not regret my decisions? Mm. I think is like such a loaded question because I'm mm. like I cannot give you advice on that. There's a high chance that you might regret something, but like that's part of the learning less the learning curve. But I there's this like incredibly fascinating study that I love and I talk about it all the time, which is you are more likely to regret a decision or an action that you didn't take than one that you did. So if you're someone who wants to avoid regret in your later 20s or your 30s or any point in your life the best way to go about that is to say yes to everything and take as much action as possible rather than saying no because of that that need to avoid regret. I think that's so interesting. Yeah, definitely. Do you know what? You're so right because yeah. you make the choice. You do it. And then you kind of like pivot from there pending how it goes for you and you move on. You kind of don't really no. sit and ponder about mm. it. But when you don't make the choice, you're always thinking, what, what if, if I did move to New York? So what if true. I did, you yeah. know, Maddie, do this? Yeah, suddenly I'm packing my bag. That one was a bit deep. I didn't mean. I know. To yeah, no, like but that. I think that's true. it is true because then if you do it, even if it doesn't work out, at least you can say like I did try. I had this thought when I started this podcast. I'm sure you guys had that mm. thought as well, where it was like, yeah, it could fail, could like go really poorly, yeah. could be super cringe, mm. but at least I can say like when I'm older oh yeah I actually did try mm-hmm. rather than being like oh what I imagine you know what would have happened if I had done that like would my life be different mm. and now I'm like wow I'm so glad that I did take the risk 
and it's like paid off yeah like insanely well yes it has like- her podcast i mean you guys would have heard it in the intro, <laughs> but her podcast is huge but something when you said about it being cringe you just reminded me i can't remember the quote it's taylor swift oh my god tay swift do you know i have a taylor swift tattoo wait you're a swift do you actually we were literally saying on last week's episode like the swifties are just everywhere like all over my for you page me too when you scroll on instagram it's like taylor swift my whole for you page wait what's your tattoo all right this is like so off track, but I've never <laughs> spoken about this, I think, even on my show, because it is somewhat cringe, but I don't care. Embrace oh it. Oh my God, no. Um, It's a 22. Cute. Guess when I got mm-hmm. it? Oh, on my 22nd birthday. That's so cute. Yeah, I love that. But it's a real litmus test for men, actually, I found. Okay. Because if I'm like, people, you know, guys were like, I've got this tattoo here. Mm-hmm. And they'll be like, what other tattoos do you have? And I'll be like, oh, I have a Taylor Swift tattoo. Mm. And depending on their reaction, you know whether they're getting a second date or not. Because if they're like, oh, cringe, if they're like, ugh, like, or laugh at you, Mm. you can be like, okay, well, that's actually not a positive thing. Like, I'm not going to make fun of you for your Harry Potter tattoo. Mm. Like, (laughs) God, I love that. Yeah, but if they're like, oh, that's sick, why? You can be like, oh, my God, you're, like, open-minded you're like not just willing to like tear our Lord and Savior Taylor Swift down. Yeah, Queen. <laughs> because it's fun. Yeah, Queen, right? Just yeah. because everyone else does it. Just, yeah. Getting on the getting on the bandwagon. I think the quote again, I'm not gonna try and quote it, but she mm. said to be successful you have to get kind of be comfortable being cringe. And like you're not gonna reach a point unless you get comfortable with yeah. literally being cringe. Like yeah. and just accepting that. And I think that it's true, especially in this industry. I'm sure there are so many people who sit at home and they're like, I have so much to say. I'd love to do a podcast, mm. but I don't want people from my hometown to think I'm cringe or insert whatever word. And it's like you're never gonna get to that next point until you just embrace it. Yeah. You know, and it might not even be cringe. It probably will be. <laughs> but like but our first okay. episode it's a so oh my cringe. god. But that's okay. <laughs> Like yeah. when we listened back, our first episodes were yeah, awful. You have to like, <laughs> yeah, you gotta own get over the, the cringe. I don't even listen to them. Someone was like, "You should re-record them," and I was like, "Taylor Session." I was yeah, like, TV. <laughs> I was like, "I probably should." This is like me on my phone. Really? Yeah. I think I listened to one of your earlier episodes yesterday. It didn't sound bad at all. Oh, that's actually so down. nice. Yeah, no. that's it's like that's the nicest thing you can yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> crying <laughs> no it was really good so talking about a little bit about comparing your life to others especially in your 20s I think that's when we tend to do it a lot to ourselves what would you suggest someone does if you feel as though you are comparing your life to others and also why do we do that to ourselves yeah I love that question so I think when we talk about comparison it's important to know that there are two types so there's upward social comparison and downward social comparison. So downward social comparison is when you compare yourself to someone who you subjectively think is doing worse than you. And as a result, you get like this self-esteem boost. You're like, oh, you know, that person from my high school, like, oh, you know, whatever. Not going to judge. But like, you know, we've all kind of done that at some point. I think it's just being like, oh, my God, you were mean to me and I feel like I'm doing so much better than you. And that actually gives me a sense of pride. Yeah. So that's downward social comparison. But then the one that we often think about when we talk about comparison in our twenties is upward social comparison. And that's seeing someone who you think is doing better than you in some form or another. And normally what that, the the feeling that that incites is like shame, I think, um, a sense of like stuckness 
a sense of like injured pride, um, a sense of like pretty low self-esteem, I would say, but and, and evolutionary, like from an evolutionary perspective, there was a reason why we did this. Your like survival was dependent on your kind of loyalty to the in-group, but your inclusion in the group, the inclusion in the tribe. And a way to make sure that you were never kind of ostracized or outed was to monitor your behavior based on what others in the group were doing. Because if you came in and did something out of left field, if you didn't act alongside the group norm, that was it. You're out of the pack. You're alone in the wilderness. You're dead. So we use comparison as a way to monitor our behavior to the group norm and to others around us. So it's really hard to stop doing that because it has this like survival instinctual benefit. But I think when we think about upward social comparison, it's important to think about it in two ways. You can feel a lot of maybe pity and a and a lot of um, poor confidence as a result, or you can use it as like an inspiration and as something to motivate you. So I think upward social comparison isn't a bad thing when you see someone and instead of being jealous, instead of maybe being prideful or envious, you use it as inspiration, use it as motivation, you use them as something that you want to aspire to rather than something that you feel like you need to tear yourself or them down for. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. That was very long-winded. No, I feel like that's great. Like, with, I think we kind of touched on that, like, inspiration. Get inspired by the people around you that are doing, yeah. quote-unquote, better than you. For sure. I mean, it's crazy how everything just comes back to the OG days. I'm trying to think of the word. <laughs> the OG days. You, uh, the cave, tribal days. Tribal days. There we go. I'm losing brain cells by the day. Um. Yeah, that's so fascinating that it's kind yeah. of just like carried through as such a survival instinct. It makes instinct. sense. But I guess now the terrifying thing is that we have such easy access. I can just jump on Pinterest and type in rich, hot 25-year-old and then cry myself to sleep if I wanted to or like go on and like, – do you know what I mean? And like look yeah. at all these other people that are doing quote-unquote like what I would think is better and if I wasn't in a good headspace, I guess, you could really spiral. I think yeah. we have so much access mm. to it now, which is terrifying. Well, that's like the whole other element of it, isn't yeah. it? Like this sense of previously it was just the people who were within your, your social circle or your group and now it's like every single person on the planet who has a phone. Yeah. So there are so many different points to compare yourself on that previously you maybe couldn't. We were talking about Europe summer before, just like our whole feed. It's just like oh, right? everyone looking amazing. And if you weren't going, you could just sit at home and be like, why am I not there? You yeah. know? Everyone getting engaged in Europe. Engaged. I'm not mad about I'm it. Like, <laughs> flipping my friend. I'm like, hello, boyfriend. Look at this other person who got engaged in Europe. Isn't Greece so pretty? This yeah, it's here? just photos. That would be such a nice place to get engaged. Yeah. Not that I'm saying we should, but look. Yeah. No, for real. <laughs> so how do you think is best to manage that then? I think in terms of our online presence as well, because I think that that is what triggers us the most is having that like constant access to points of comparison. I think that the first thing you should do if that's something you really struggle with is go on your phone and unfollow every single person who makes you feel like you feel like who makes you feel bad about yourself. Like every single person you know, when you scroll through their photos, you spend more than like a minute on their picture, looking at their body, looking at their jewelry, looking at like their boyfriend or where they are or their success. That is just such a self 
self-sabotaging behavior that you are responsible for, right? This person isn't going to not post these things because it might upset you. You're the one who kind of has to step up to the plate and be like, if this is making me feel bad about myself, I have the agency to kind of withdraw from that and to kind of remove my access to that content for a little while. I think some people think that it's like um, avoidance and you can call it whatever you want. But sometimes I do think that if it is something causing you like genuine distress and like poor self-esteem and interrupting like your ability to function, it's probably worthwhile doing. I feel like it's the same as like when you block an ex, like some people, yeah. like that's like, you're just avoiding it, but it's like, no, it actually does help me to have no access to something like that. Yeah. You don't need to see what they're up to. Their door is closed, you know? My friend has this saying that she always says to me, it's not her saying, it's just a saying, <laughs> but I always associate it with her, which is like out of sight, out of mind. Sure. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Sometimes that's literally, yeah. uh, literally like the science behind that is so right. Like your yeah. brain isn't going to think about something as much if it's not like constantly yeah. a stimulus in your face. So we spoke about this ages ago. There's this girl we followed, and whenever she has an ex, she or like just a fling or something that ends, she'll change their number to a gravestone, and so she doesn't know who it is, and she she'll can't like, physically text. She can't text them, and she doesn't know like which person is texting her. So she puts them in the graveyard, and I was like, that is genius iconic like so good wait i need to do that yeah just have a little gravestone delete all their then messages you, you don't even don't. know which one you could text if you're going to like do a little desperate text i don't know yeah, yeah. unless you just text them all text them all <laughs> hey, hey hey what's up <laughs> yeah see which one replies uh, oh my god oh yeah. my god see and it's like and just be like meet me here and it's like a lucky it's like a lucky dip <laughs> they're all there <laughs> yeah. yeah that's a good like um truth or dare game text all your exes see which Oh, oh my god. god. Do you want to play? No. no. <laughs> Caitlin's keen. No. I don't think any of them would reply. I'd be, like, be like, fuck off, Caitlin. I'm literally calling the police. <laughs> oh my god, do you think so? No, they actually, they'd probably be like, miss you. <laughs> That's my Leo coming out. I'm like, yeah, they, they, <laughs> they would jump at the chance. Okay, so let's say we want to cross all the bases off here. Single girl, you're feeling lonely. How can mm-hmm. you be or feel content being by yourself, quote unquote, I mean, just like not having a partner um, at this stage of life when let's say all your friends are getting engaged and you're like, why am I not? I sometimes struggle with that because all of my close friends are in very serious, like long-term relationships. I think it comes down to that social comparison thing we were talking about where it feels like this expectation is set by your peers that if you don't live up to, you're going to be kind of like rejected. And I think that that is like a really natural feeling to have but there's also a lot of like science and psychology and evidence that shows that your single years are also incredibly valuable not just like from a personal sense of like oh it's valuable because I get to know myself and because I have more free time but also just like in the sense of it's very good for your health actually there's like been all of these studies that show that like it's so random but like the People who are single for longer periods of time actually um, have better physical health. It's over. over. (laughs) Yeah, which I like read the other day and I feel like it was a bit of like a confirmation bias for me where I was like, it's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Um, But then also I just think back to those like initial points, like being single is like no one can make you feel bad about something if if you're comfortable with it. And I think being single is one of those things where society is going to try like a million different ways to make you feel like something is wrong with you. And that is not the case. And you should feel 
empowered to actually do the things that you want to do and to really cherish this alone time. I always say this, but like there is going to come a time when you are going to be married or with a partner or in a relationship, you might have kids, you might be making like the same tuna casserole every single night, waking up next to the same person, right? And like you, it's going to be hard. Like any long-term relationship is going to be hard. And in those moments, you're going to be like, I wish that I just had one more day where I was only responsible for myself. I wish that I had one more day where I really had like taken advantage of what it meant to be a single person in their 20s. And so when I feel like bad about it, I just think back to that of like, this is the time that will one day be my fantasy. So like really cherish it. I also have started dating someone recently. So like, which is like, I'm at fresh gossip. It is fresh gossip. I actually haven't spoken about it yet on my show, but exclusives. (laughs) Yeah, it's really nice actually. And I think that the fact that I spent so much time being single and being really intentional about like who I was dating, obviously that came from like a few bad eggs that taught me what I deserved. I like came into this relationship, I guess, this situation being like, I am so prepared and I know what I want. And if it isn't what I want, I'm not going to be offended. I'm not going to be upset. I'm just going to move on. And it's like this sense of like peace where you're like, wow, I've done the work and I feel content alone. So, and that content, that feeling of contentment being alone translates into a feeling of contentment in a relationship because I know it's only going to elevate me. So like, I don't know. That's a long answer way of, of kind of putting it. Love a long answer. So good. But yeah. we always vouch for, same as what you said, just enjoying being single. Exactly yeah. what you're saying. You never know when your person's going to come along. And even just like experiencing living alone or living with housemates. Like we tell anyone who writes in, they're like, should I move in with my boyfriend? I'm like 18. We're like, just live <gasps> by yourself first. No. Because one day you're going to be living with this man forever. <laughs> you know, potentially. Yeah. And you're going to be like, you know, needing some alone time. So yeah. I think it's, enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah, just enjoy every stage for what it is. You know, and yeah. I agree. Like sometimes society does make you feel bad for. I mean, everything, everything, <laughs> anything you really want to feel bad for, they'll make you feel bad yeah. for it. And especially women being single, I feel like it's portrayed in movies as like a, a bad thing. Like, oh no, she's still single. But it's like flip that. Like, oh my god, she's single. Like. Fuck yeah. You know, there's so many ways of looking at it. We shouldn't just be like. And there's no wonder we feel guilty about it. Like when we talk about the media, we actually get like a lot of, we learn a lot from like television and movies. Like there, those are like the places where our like societal norms are like most deeply enforced. And where we're taught like the blueprint for what our life should look like. And especially the movies we watch in like our formative years. Mm. I'm talking like Bridget Jones's diary. I was thinking about Bridget Jones. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Um, the Proposal. It's a pretty good movie. Um, I love all those movies. Yeah. yeah. But they're really good, right? Yeah. But then like when you like dig into like the underlying narrative, it's like woman unhappy, alone, needs to be tamed by man, achieves happiness, marriage, babies, long-term yeah. relationship. And there's really not much that kind of flips that that narrative and it's like this is what your life could look like if maybe you don't find your person because you don't need to find your person. Like I don't think I could name a single movie that focuses on that in the long term. Should we pitch it to a network? Yeah. <laughs> maybe like How to Be, be Single. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How Isn't to she Be Single. finding someone? I can't remember. Well, she ends up like no, hiking she... this beautiful place alone. Yeah, she, How to Be Single. But that's like also quite – Recent is yeah. Love does that? How does that end? She, she gets married. 
<laughs> I think like when we were growing up, there wasn't anything no. in the media at no. all. It was all just get married. Yeah. yeah. At least in mainstream media. We don't know all the TV shows. No, yeah, yeah, but yeah. But I no. think mm. that's so true. Like the main ones, especially when we were growing up, was all yeah. fall in love with the boy, get married, and then you can be happy. Mm. Yeah. And what else is there to want? Mm. And now we're learning there's so much more so to much. want, like not even having kids. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like I feel like it's evolving a little bit more. I yeah. noticed the shift, like it, a lot I've more women aren't having shift, kids, yeah. are choosing to, you know, stay by themselves, which I think is great. And I think having this conversation hopefully will help mm. let everyone know. Like, yeah. it's, okay. it's like a good thing yeah. to be yeah. single. Totally. Also, it's like the, the massive like concerns around like fertility. This is so weird. I was talking to someone about this the other day. But I think like we've often treated like marriage and partnership as like the base for a family. And now that like fertility rates are going down and so many people are struggling to have kids or like cannot have kids, it's like will this still be such an important thing in our society if it's not based around the creation of a family? Like, I don't know. I'm so fascinated. Just then you're so right. Right? Isn't it? Okay. Well, I know that they've done – stats recently and it shows that the average age of getting married has been pushed back in Australia. Yeah, everything everything's is being pushed back. Being pushed Everyone's back. doing it later, which is I think really interesting. Okay, so now for when we are in the dating space. Why do you think we date people who are not good for us? Toxic, I don't know, don't love us. What is it? Unrequited love. Is that how you pronounce it? Unrequited. Yeah, unrequited love. All these things sometimes is like a magnet. We see the red flag or whatever it be and we're like, we don't leave. yes, like we need that. Why? My God, that's a, such a huge question because there are <laughs> so many reasons. Give them to us. Okay, well, I'm going to say like the most simple and I think most well-known reason to begin with, which is attachment. And I love that that has become a lot more popularized recently and that it's like actually part of our daily dialogue at times. But how you were taught to love by your parents, by your caregivers, is how you expect love from others. So we know there's like there's secure, there's anxious, there's avoidant, and then there are other like variations of that, right? And I think that if you are someone who is very anxious, the only thing you're kind of after is validation from someone. Because that's not something that was like that was something that was typically very like given and taken away very frivolously as a child. So now you're like looking for that in everyone that you date because you actually don't know what it feels like to have healthy, consistent love. So when you do experience that, it's so novel and new that it's scary. So you just seek people that repeat that pattern and reinforce what you've already been taught about yourself. I think that's like the biggest, I think, reason. And then secondly, it comes down to things like insecurity. And I think our own self-concept and self-beliefs and self-esteem really. And like when we talk about like self-concept, what that really means is how do I actually feel about myself? It's not about your identity. It's about your attitudes towards yourself. So if your self-concept is not great, if you are like, "Uh, I don't know if I'm a good person. I don't really know if I'm deserving of love. I don't know if anyone will ever love me. Those, those thoughts trickle into your standards and trickle into your reality because if you don't believe that you deserve to be treated well you're not going to demand that from other people because it is not a foundational part of how you interact with others 
And I see that so often. And I saw that in myself for a long time where I was like, oh, you know, I'm not deserving of love. No one's ever really going to love me. So let's just take what we can get here because this, like, you know, I still want that, like, that buzz of like the oxytocin and the dopamine of like getting to know someone and in cuddles and like sex. And, and then also it's like that sense of excitement and anxiety that sometimes we get like addicted to that we confuse with actual feelings. Like this idea of the spark, I do believe in the spark, but I do also think that sometimes we can mistake the spark for anxiety and for someone triggering our anxious attachment style pretty early on in the dating game. So I think those are like my three main reasons why I think we date the wrong people. Also, sometimes we're just, you know, when we're in our early 20s, we're just a bit dumb. Just fucking around and finding out, you you know. (laughs) Yeah, you got to kiss some frogs, right? You don't really know what you want. You don't really know what you deserve. So you make some mistakes. Anxiety, confusing it for the spark. makes so much sense. Right? And we get addicted to it. And even we've spoken about how in a breakup you get addicted to the person and it's not even necessarily them anymore. It's just like you get so addicted to having them around and it's like weaning your brain off kind of having them there but when you look back in five years you're like I didn't even like them that much but at the yeah. time it felt so catastrophic mm. because you're like addicted to them it's like conditioning yeah they're like it's this conditioning is this thing where it's like there's a couple of different versions but basically what it is it's like stimulus for example person positive feeling they're associated and so now when you want a positive feeling you think of the person when you think of the person you get the positive feeling and it's so hard to like detach that and like remove it so you literally your brain literally gets addicted to this person and it gets addicted to the anxiety because it the anxiety for it is like almost like a a flag being like guess what's coming next like it's gonna be fun and like what's coming next is like connection and what's coming next is sex and what's coming next is like this chase game that's like such a fun game to play so like I really do think that that's a massive reason why let's say you are going back and forth with a guy and deep down or or girl, sorry, I shouldn't generalize anyone. Um, Let's say you've got this like addiction. They're not good for you. Your brain kind of knows that, but you're also like, I'm obsessed. Mm. How do you suggest you could like wean off (laughs) against a person? Oh, first of all, tell your friends and your family. Okay. They will keep you accountable. Mm -hmm. I was dating this guy like end of 2021 and I knew he was bad for me and the, I knew he was bad for me before I consciously knew he was bad for me because I would tell my friends what he was doing and they would be like, what the fuck? <laughs> and they would be like, why are you dating this loser? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Like, he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. But they were the ones who really were like, you need to hold yourself accountable here. We're going to hold you accountable for the fact that this relationship isn't right for you. And we would prefer that you don't see this person because, you know, because we love you and we know it's not going to end well. So I would say that's like the first step is like when other people in your life don't accept your partner or don't accept the person that you're with. When you're, when the people around you don't like your partner, it's kind of harder for you to keep them in your life, right? Also, that is, I think that's a a hard line to kind of toe because then you don't want to be like so consumed with them and end up in a very codependent relationship. I would also say, use your rational brain in this moment you really need to like clock into this like rational part of you that is going to be like this actually doesn't align with my values it doesn't align with my priorities this is not the kind of relationship I want 
pro cons list. Simplest way to do that. Love, love a pro con. Yeah, love a list. It's so simple, right? But it actually like cause it like forces you to be a rational human in the face of these emotions, or be like, "What is my ideal partner? Does this person even meet any of those characteristics?" And if he if they don't, you kind of are like forced to really reconcile with a hard truth here that if you continue to stay with them, and I'm this is for very for situations that don't involve abuse because I think that's a whole new whole different kettle of fish that like does not really apply here but if you see this list and you're like okay they don't meet this they don't meet that they don't meet this quality I'm the one responsible for staying with them and do I want to do I want to do that disservice to myself probably not so and then also no contact sorry last one but we love a block cold turkey it hurts harder but it It happens quicker hurts harder Heels faster. Wow. We should write that down. I also always think, I don't know if you agree with this, but the second you have to write a pros and cons list, you're done. You know, the second we're in our notes out. You shouldn't be (laughs) writing a pros and cons. No, I feel like, but obviously it's good because we're not thinking like that. But in hindsight, whenever I've written a pros and cons list, well, I'm no longer with them. So, you know, you kind of just trying to rationalize. You're like, but they're funny. Sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> and they do. Blah, 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 yeah. You know. Pros so. one, cons is like 50. <laughs> like, I'm going to stay. Yeah. <laughs> I also think something else um, is when you don't tell your friends and family, n- being aware of the fact that you're not telling your friends. Oh, yeah. Like, if your friends think. Secret. Like, mm-hmm. if I wasn't telling you things mm-hmm. about Tom, it would be because I'd be like, back in my anxious attachment, I wouldn't want to lose him. I wouldn't want to tell my friends because I know you'd hold me accountable. You'd be like, that's not okay. Yeah. Mm. So I feel like being conscious of that as well, if you're actively not telling people the full truth, it's like, like you said, take accountability and tell them and be like, this is what's happening. And yeah. then mm. listen. Social pressure. It does wonders. No, <laughs> it does. But it was interesting, like when you talk about this pros and cons list, cause like, sorry, I'm going on about this new guy, but like, I, I normally would like get to like the two, three month mark and be like, something's off. There's a red flag somewhere in here. And there probably would have been like seven. <laughs> and like, and uh, my friend has this thing called the three strike rule. Love it. Three strikes, you're out. Three strikes, you're out within the first like six months. Because like anything that's a red flag or like a seriously something that they've said that's really offended you or that they've done wrong within the first six months is only something that's going to be exacerbated in the next six years. So true. True. Mm. They always say, I mean, this is pretty much exactly what you said. Like you said the same ages ago. It's like whatever the first issue is, is usually why you end up getting a divorce. Like even like my mom, she's she's probably going to kill me for talking about it, but it's like she has said that. She's like the very first issue you kind of have in a relationship. That you ignore. That you ignore is usually a huge issue down the track and, you know, has led to, you know, divorce. That is so interesting to be aware of at the start of a relationship. Oh, wait, no, have I? Oh, no. Wait, are there red flags? No, but there aren't any, so I'm, like, looking for one. Stop looking. I've got (laughs) There's none. There's none, and that's good. Okay, wait, let's circle back. I want to know what your red flags are. Oh, Oh, yeah. How many do you want? You can go on. Five? Five's good. I think five's good. Well, what are your red flags, actually? My red flags. I have so many. (laughs) I actually don't really know. (laughs) I... I think someone, if they're, when I was dating, I think something that really I did not like, if they're cocky, I really don't like cockiness or like show off 
mm-hmm. with their money or something. Instant red flag. Mm-hmm. Rude to my friends. Like you have to get along with all my friends and family. I think those are my main ones that I can think of. I feel like mm. they're good ones. Coffiness, yeah. What are yours? Um, mine is listening. Well, if I was telling someone, kind of like what you said about the tattoo. For me, I love like astrology. I love the podcast. Like things like I love Taylor Swift that men, I mean, might be terrified of. Girl code the podcast. Mm. If I went to you and was telling you about that and you shut it down or made me feel little or yeah. like things that are exciting to me aren't important to you or you don't at least act like it mm. instantly I'm like I like can't I can't do this or if I talk to you <laughs> it's all about such a Leo. <laughs> if I'm like speaking to you and you don't acknowledge what I'm saying so like mm. some, what's that oh my god you'll totally know this the when they point at something there was like that experiment when you point at something out the window or whatever like look at that bird mm. and then if they don't acknowledge the bird there was like a high percentage that they're gonna get divorced do you know the experiment I'm talking about yeah what, it's like, what is that yeah it's called mirroring it's called a, it was like this experiment based on mirroring which is that like if you are like close to someone and respect them mm. or like actually feel a kinship with them when they like try and guide your behavior you'll feel enough respect for them to follow it you'll like mirror there so if, if I was like oh look up there and you just ignored it, you would it's not a great sign, not gonna lie. That's Unless like they're like huge for me. Okay, yeah. wow. So you yeah, are, yeah okay. That's I a just good red flag. Wanna feel like important mm. and respected, which is I mean, <laughs> the bare fucking minimum. But yeah. if you're not doing that yeah. in the first time I've met you, I'm like, you're never gonna Goodbye. take me seriously or listen to me, you know. Mm. I wanna make sure they know what's going on. And also just like you just know. Like sometimes I'm like, oh, you just look so cocky, like you said. Cockiness or, to me is just such a big one. I really don't like that. Yeah, I like a guy with like their ego in check. Like they know. Um, they need to. Yeah, humble. humble. They yeah. don't need to bring you down to feel good and they don't need to put on a facade for any yeah. reason. Genuine. Genuine. We could sit here for five hours. Though. Yeah, I, might think- I think you guys need to do a whole episode on no, this. I think you probably, have, probably like, have. They're probably yeah. so different though. It would have been a few years ago. Yeah. We would have been like, um, Red flag, dirty shoes. Yeah. <laughs> well, like there's icks too. We can sit here and talk about oh, icks. Oh my god, yeah. Wait, what are well, yours? What are yours? Yeah. My red flag. Yeah. Um, one of my biggest red flags is if they don't have hobbies or passions beyond work. Mm-hmm. I really, really struggle with that. Um, I think just because it shows that you're not like a well-rounded person not asking questions. I think this is all quite similar here, right? It's like a base level of respect. Um, I think those are my two main ones. Also not willing to express them, their emotions. Oh, huge oh, that's one. Emotional intelligence. Emotional, yeah. yeah. Huge, yeah. And I actually, here's the thing. I don't, obviously there's, there's all these others like respecting my friends. I introduce anyone I'm dating to my, my housemates who I love and adore. They're like family to me. On like the third date, and if they don't like them, like I, mm-hmm. I really won't give them a, another another second of my time For sure. because this my friends are such a good judge of character and know me so well. Um, but there are certain things that really don't bother me that I'm like, yeah, I don't care if you make less money than me. You probably are. Like, <laughs> I'm just joking. I, no, I, I just love, love that. that. <laughs> Do not take that out of context. But like, I, I yeah, money doesn't really matter to me. Like, um. Even someone who's, like, a little bit dorky, a little bit quirky, maybe a bit awkward, I freaking love that. Like, every man that I've dated has been, like, doing their honours or their PhD in some, like, obscure 
philosophical, sociological thing. Cute little nerd and I'm boys. Like, yeah, they're like little, little, they're like academic nerds. And I'm like, I eat that up. I'm like, you're like hot. But you're academic as well. I, I feel think like that's you, can why. Tra- you need someone who can line. challenge you as well. You don't want someone who's you know not on, I guess, that level because you'd be like conversations could be more yeah. dull. You know, I think that's nice. Yeah, someone asked me the other day, like, would you ever date a tradie? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. Like, I do still think that like, I think it's just like that general curiosity yeah, and like intrigue around their life. I think that also comes down to why I really like just vehemently hate people who can't talk about anything but work. Hey, I don't really hate anything, but I really <laughs> – I was like passionate. I know. Oh, yeah, that was – Tell us how you feel. I'm like, I hate it. Like, no. Is there a bad experience there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just dislike it because I just think that it's like – it shows that, you know, you don't, you don't really – I think – you don't. You're not treating your life the way that you probably should, which is that it's more a than, lo- just, work, more than yeah. just work, and like, and that your personality is a lot more important than that. And I think that that's something I really value as someone who can like be really passionate about something that doesn't make them money. Love that. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's good for everyone, just in general, to have a hobby. I think there's such pressure now to monetize your hobbies. I don't know if you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> we'll see ourselves out. No, but it's true. It's like, I feel like on TikTok, there's just so much pressure. They're like, oh, oh you God, make yeah. juicy jewelry. <laughs> you know, there's this like, or you want to sell your art. It's like, you can just have hobbies that are hobbies. And I think that's really healthy and takes off the pressure of feeling like you need to just be mm-hmm. like capitalism's bitch. Capitalism really popped up. <laughs> yeah, capitalism really popped up with that one. I like truly believe that you should be really bad at your hobbies. Okay. I like think that you should have, if you don't have a hobby that you're bad at, you need to find one. Okay. Because cool. I think it's so valuable. Challenge. It's a challenge. Like, yeah. because I also think that a lot of people are like, a lot of people that I know, like in my friendship group, are like quite high achievers or perfectionists. And like when they set out to do a hobby, I think about my friend Meg, who was like, oh, I'm going to take up running. And like now she's like, about to sign up for a marathon and I was like mate you did not need any more pressure in your life but like sometimes I feel like that's the thing where we're like I can't enjoy something unless I'm good at it yeah but I love I one of my favorite things to do is just make really really terrible art that's it's nice so, that's good it's, therapeutic. Like, yeah. it's so therapeutic it's terrible like but it's of- fun yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. I just get a bunch of colors and just like paint nudes, and like they oh, don't God. look like humans. That would feel so good. I, I just like, imagine myself like the paint. throwing paint at a wall, yeah. so just like good. smearing it. I was like, I want to do the um. I've been seeing people do the what's it called clay clay making. Oh, what? I just that is so fun. Why is it so sexual? So Am I making it sexual? No, I've no. Seen a guy is everyone thing. thinking it's they like kind of horny? I've seen a guy do the two fingers. He like looks at the camera on TikTok. I'm like, whoa! I know. I saw this girl, and she's like, was like. Am I, are we all? Are we all being sexualized? I think that's a good idea. Like sometimes, just yeah, having good hobbies that aren't you're not amazing at a release, even a release. And I think that's hot in a partner too that they have other interests outside of work. And being confident in that is such a turn on. Yeah. I think like, hey, look at my clay. <laughs> okay, <Stop> but <laughs> any man who does that like wheel throwing stuff is like an immediate like pass in my like immediately like onto the next round like they're like yeah when they're like boom and like i literally like i can my brain goes like zing i'm like wow i like blush yeah no what's on hot i mean yeah soft porn on tiktok (laughs) it literally is like soft core porn it's getting like hot in the studio all right back to my single listeners 
Say the same. Say the same. <laughs> I've heard you speak about the paradox of choice. And I mm. love this. I want to bring our attention to dating apps and how I feel when I was on a dating app, just so overwhelmed. I don't know what the hell I'm looking for. Just pictures, surface level. I don't know. Overwhelming energy. Do you feel like that? Is this? I feel like this is a common feeling. And why do we feel like that? Slash how to not feel like that like when you're dating. Six oh, points yeah. to that. Oh my God, let me there's, start with There's yes. like four subsections Woo! to that one. Yeah, it was like an essay question. I <laughs> love it. just hit. Yeah. And why? <laughs> um, I think that like it's important to start with like what dating apps represent, right? Which is this overwhelming sense of choice and like infinite match potential, infinite possibilities. When we are presented with that kind of like overstimulation or like that level of choice, it actually has the opposite effect on our ability to make good decisions. This is a really um, important study they did at Stanford a couple of years back now. I can't remember. But essentially, it, they went to this farmer's market and on day one of the farmer's market, they had seven jams for sale and anyone could buy one of these seven jams. And then the, the second day of the farmer's market, they had 24 jams. And what they found was that when people had less choice, they were more likely to make a decision compared to when they had more. And intuitively, we don't think that that would be the case. We think that like as humans, we want as many different possibilities as possible. We want like the lemon curd. We want the blackberry apple. Like we want every jam. But actually, we don't do that well with like multiple different choices because we can't really create a pro and cons list or weigh up the cost benefit for each of those different options. So we prefer smaller, smaller, yeah, a smaller amount of those things. When we go on dating apps, you don't just have seven jams. You don't have 24 jams. You have like 10,000 jams. And obviously some of them you're going to immediately know that you're not going to click with based on like your personal preferences. But that still leaves like a really big number of people that like could potentially be your person. But dating apps, because they present this like infinite spiral and infinite like list and poss- of, like endless list of possibilities actually means that we become a lot more picky we are less discerning around what we're actually looking for. And also we actually meet these people a lot less because, you know, if they're not exactly right, if we're not exactly sure, what's the point? We could find someone better. Someone better could come along in the pile like tomorrow. And I think that really like points to why I think dating apps are in some ways quite challenging because they teach us to kind of date in a way that is not particularly effective. We're dating in a way to either like, we're dating in a way where we don't really know what we want. And we're just hoping someone's going to come along and prove to us that this is what we do want. And it also means that there are some people out there who you might like really resonate with emotionally, but because also dating apps have that really visual component and that really like instant gratification will 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 they match me will they not this like dopamine rush sometimes we say no to people that like could actually be like an amazing match because you know maybe they don't like fit our visual criteria maybe they're not like attractive enough for us maybe they're not six foot seven like when in reality if you met that person in real life you might actually really get along with them but you would never know because of like the digital element oh my god you're so right so what should we do yeah, what are we doing How- what are the single girlies doing Oh, this is what are the single girlies doing? Um, I would say like be less picky. And normally like people are like, I'm not going to settle. 
not asking you to settle, like, but actually be really real with yourself around like, what am I actually looking for in a partner versus what is just an accessory? What is just like a bonus? And I would say like date with an abundance mindset in that like, if you're someone for whatever reason you're looking to date, whether that's to find someone, whether that's just to have fun, whether that's to meet new people, really like kind of commit to it for a little bit. Like maybe like commit to it for like a month and just be like, I'm going to go on as many dates as possible. And I'm going to challenge myself to like go on dates with people that, you know, initially I might not think that I'll be into, but I never know. And I think that you really end up surprising yourself. Like the people that I've, I met like the last person I was dating on a dating app. And I like fully ghosted him because I was like, "Mm, I don't know about this. This isn't like, why would I date this guy when I can date, you know, Pablo from like (laughs) Spain, like six foot nine and jacked. You sound sexy. Maddie's like, she wants Pablo's number. Pablo. But then I like met him and I was like, wow, like you might not be the guy that I like picked out of the pile. But that's because, like, I actually didn't know you and also I didn't know how to weigh up the decisions. Um, Also, I'm going to say the most annoying advice that any single person ever gets. I'm so sorry. Do you guys know what it's going to be? Oh, my God. Delete your dating apps. Like. Scandalous. Scandalous. Like, try and, like. Get rid of the dating apps. If it's not working for you. There's no point making yourself feel bad by still being on them. If it's not your vibe. If it's not your vibe. If, if say, a girlie's deleted the dating apps, what would you suggest for them to meet people? Oh, my God. I have so many. I have so many suggestions. I love meeting people organically. Yeah. And it happens all the time. Okay, rock climbing gyms. If you want to meet a nice, attractive, well-built, probably respectful man. Well-built. Rock climbing gyms. Blockhouse. Wow. I'm telling you. Genius. Yeah. Look lost in a, what's it called? Blockhouse? Look lost in Look a rock lo- climbing gym. Oh. <laughs> Confused at Kathmandu. <laughs> yeah. Looking for climbing gear. Hi. <laughs> I need some help with this purchase. Oh my God, stop. Okay. That's yeah, like a big okay. one. Also, I would say like, this is really weird, but like ask your friends if they have anyone. Because your friends would have kind of already vetted them. You know what I mean? Like they're not going to yeah. be hanging out with someone who's a psycho probably yeah even like a friend of a friend you friend know you friend, know someone yeah. who works with someone who's got asked them who's yeah. in the office they've kind of done the hard work for you I did that with one of my best friends her and her boyfriend she was like um do you know anyone and I was like I actually have the perfect guy for you and I set them up and yeah. they're still together Oh my God, that's great yeah. advice. Yeah. Ask, extend the network. Extend the network. Extend the or network. Look lost at a rock gym. <laughs> or also say yes to everything. Yeah. Any people, anytime someone's like, oh, me and some friends are going to this concert, yes. Me and some friends are doing, yes, 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 yes. Say yes to everything. Um, and also not just for the potential of like, you know, sex or romance, but also you'll just be like a more interesting person, I think, mm. which is like, Overall, such a benefit. Yeah, life experiences. Yeah, um, life experiences. I think it's really valuable. I also feel like you can stalk. Oh my god, my well, not sounding great. Stalk people in like a safe way on other platforms. Like uh, you could go on like LinkedIn. Like let's just say, <gasps> let's just say. Oh, I love this. <laughs> I did this. Do you remember? When yeah, I, did I wasn't this? gonna. I wasn't sure. Oh my god, I was stalking someone. Who was I stalking? I can't even. Remember. I'm not gonna say who it was. I was right. stalking someone, but I didn't realize that they could see that I had looked on their profile on LinkedIn. She had no idea, and she was checking it. 
And like, then I was looking actively. at his dad because his dad like owned a business. <laughs> then I was on his dad's pro. It was really bad. Oh. <laughs> I still remember her face when she was telling me. And I went, "Oh my god, did you put private mode on?" She goes, "What? What's private mode?" It's like, <laughs> "Die, die, die! Deactivate your account right now." <laughs> Not good. But like, you can oh, no. let's say you want someone who's working in the city for whatever reason that suits your lifestyle. You want a banker. Go on to the big four banks and- on private mode, ladies. <laughs> on private mode, or, or men. If you want, like someone yeah. who. Is into surfing, go onto like a board writer's Instagram page and go through, find them, and then figure out how you can organically meet them or, you know, just DM them. Yeah. I feel like you can do a little bit of groundwork if you want to as well, if you want to speed things up, if yeah. you feel like it. Or does yeah. that just go against everything you said about no, the dating app thing? So. No, I, <laughs> I don't think so. I think that's been proactive. I just feel like sometimes <laughs> you have to take matters into your own hands. I think it's been assertive. <laughs> and then, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's kind of similar to, I guess, yeah. a dating app and finding things based off a yeah you, know, you don't know them but i feel like but if that's what you want to do you could definitely be proactive like that if you want to take matters into your own hands yeah. go just on have the- fun with it have fun yeah. i think just that's my that key point have fun so good old say time yes to everything. say yes to everything and like yeah don't be in any rush because you never know you could literally meet the person mm-hmm. of your dreams next week and then you're never gonna have sex with anyone else ever again it's crazy i know right <laughs> i sometimes i think about that i'm like <gasps> Have um, and we see like the hens and or bachelorettes. It's like one dick forever or like something like yeah. same penis for life. Forever. I'm like, oh my god, really? Yeah, I know. I'm like, nice. <laughs> <laughs> That's one quite aggressive, but two, it did really sink in. I yeah. was like, yeah, really. That's a that is a statement. <laughs> that is a statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. So okay, well, I think that covers like all of the main questions that we had. I wish we could keep talking, but I mean, we've been going for an hour. Maybe we'll have to do a part two one. We could do a part two. I feel like we've got more to say. <laughs> so we have so questions. much to talk about. Well, yeah. first of all, we have to talk about Jizz Jewelry. <laughs> part two, segment. just about Jizzy Jewelry. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Whole episode. No, we do have to fill you in the on The ethics that. of Jizzy Jewelry. <laughs> Why is Jizzy Jewelry becoming it's so attached to our podcast? Because it's so red. We had like an, oh my God, we keep getting like things attached. Remember when we had that like two months where everyone was incest? Oh, incest. Yeah. We yeah. Had incest. Wait, what? <laughs> I know. We had a lot of incest around this podcast. It was very strange. So one person's like boyfriend was in love with their sister and it was weird. And then the next week, some, there was it was started something and there's like, a lot of so many concerning submissions <laughs> incest submissions going around town Whoa. which is alarming for sure anyway, anyway think, we don't want to bring this back thank you so much for coming on Absolutely. and hopefully we can have part two in the future okay guys that is it for this week's episode we hope you have enjoyed the interview with Gemma. Honestly, I am walking away with just so much more knowledge. I feel very educated, validated about our stage in life and excited that you all got to listen to such a really, really good episode, I think, if we don't. You know, do say something. Not so trying ourselves. to toot our own horn, but I mean it was Gemma's horn. She, it was Gemma. Yeah, I kinda, mean we'll toot it all we want. Yeah, we can toot She's her great. horn. Yeah. You can find Gemma's podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, The Psychology of Your Twenties. Um, Instagram, I think it's that psychology pod. I'll put all the links down below so you can find her. I definitely recommend listening to her pod and giving her some support and tell her that you came from Girl Code in mm-hmm. the comments, you know. Perfect. Yes. All right. Have a beautiful week. Have a beautiful week, guys, and we will see you 
next week. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Bye.